welcome everyone to Oh Come On Sports. Oh come on! With Mike and Jesse, we got a jam-packed uh, episode this week. Lots has been happening. Uh, also, because I went away for a few days, so we have more content because we weren't together last week. So you were hanging out in Vegas. I was hanging out in Vegas, just baby. rocking it in the sports book, eh? It, On twenty-four hours a day. <laughs> You know the sports book at the D where where I was staying. Yes, the the hotel is called the D. Yeah. Only in Vegas <laughs> can they have a hotel called the D. Um, uh, on Fremont, of course, it had to be on Fremont. Yeah. Uh, the sports book's not the greatest, but I did. I was there to watch the the botched pass interference. Wow. And also watch Brady do his clinic. Yeah. Like he always does. That would have been pretty cool. How, how what was the reaction there to the to the botch call? The bo- oh, people were pissed. Yeah, yeah. People were pissed <laughs> off. Um, I think a lot of them weren't Saints fans. They were more betting. Betting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, I, I get it. So, I get it. <laughs> um, um, yeah, and with with the Brady thing, I think there was a lot of Chiefs fans there, but the betters were betting the Patriots. Patriots, yeah. So most people were pretty happy. Well, if you can get the Patriots as an underdog, it's it's a yeah, nice think, bet to take. I think the Chiefs were favored by two and a half points. Yeah. The last I saw, what? but but and then when you watch the game happen, you, you almost say to yourself, "You're like, why would the you ever give the Patriots points? It, it, it's yeah. insane. It's it's so silly." Um, do we have anything in our Twitter mailbag? No, nothing. Nothing. Huge surprise. People, fucking send us something on Twitter. We'll talk about it. I'm gonna start a burner account and send something. <laughs> I'll do Just it. Don't be like Colangelo. Don't get confused. Yeah, or Kevin Durant got confused one time. Too. Yeah, yeah, because it gets it gets a little bit wild if you got two or three different Twitter handles. Yeah. Man, it gets a little bit wild. It, it looks silly. So hit us up at, at Sporty Rants. And, uh, and we'll answer any of your questions, or even if you want to talk about whatever, we'll, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you. Now we're going to talk some NFL. So the big news is obviously it's Super Bowl week. Uh, and if you don't know that, you've been living under a rock, and you're probably not listening to this podcast. So there's that. <laughs> it's 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 sad time because football's over and it's yeah. gonna be such a long time until yeah. it comes back. But you again. know what? The NFL does a really good job in their off seasons. They they manufacture shit. Oh, they're they're constantly manufacturing oh, content. Like they're content. They're, that's all they do. Um, Maroon Five won't have their press conference. No, because they don't want to answer questions about Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Jerks. Yeah, I know. I guess that's what happens when you're like the sixth choice to be the Super Bowl halftime show. Because I'm pretty sure they asked like five other guys. Yeah, and, a lot, and, and nobody wanted to do it. Yeah, a so. lot of Kaepernick supporters turned it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jay Z and I know yeah. I don't know if Meek Mills was asked, but I know he he's he's upset at Maroon Five and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah. Or no, he's upset at Travis Scott, I think, because Travis Scott is going to be at the halftime yes, show as and well Big too. Boy. So. Okay, so there you go. And Big Boy Outcast is, or Big Boy at least is from the Atlanta area, right. so they got that going. Um, I personally think this one is going to suck. I think Maroon. Do you? Yeah, I, I oh, think the show, the show, <laughs> the 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 halftime show. I think, yeah. I think I don't think Maroon Five is the right pick for. Them. Yeah, well, there's. I mean, when you look at all the other acts that have been around, it's it's kind of tough that I don't see Maroon Five falling into those categories. When you're yeah. talking about uh, like uh, Prince and Aerosmith, and you know, I mean, I'm I'm missing some huge ones, but and, Bruce and, Springsteen, and you could have, or you go the pop route where they had Justin, like, Timberlake. Justin Timberlake, yeah, exactly, and yeah. they had Katy Perry yeah. and Lady Gaga and all this, yeah, and but Beyonce. still all huge, huge, huge artists, Jay-Z. 
And they're like, I might have made that up. The Jay Z has not. <laughs> no. <done that>. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, I'm like, who's there with Beyonce? Right? Yeah. Um, but I, I just think Maroon Five. Uh, I don't think it's gonna go well. No, nah, we'll um, see. Actually, funny thing. Uh, this crosses over to the wrestling podcast that I do. But uh, watching the Royal Rumble this past weekend, they had an ad. They're doing a halftime heat segment. So basically, at halftime of the Super Bowl, they're going to have a match on the network. Oh, really? So you can switch over to it. And their their commercial was like, why would you want to watch Maroon 5? They're shit. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then they talk about the wrestling event. And it just made me laugh because I was like, wow, they're just they're not holding back here. They're shit. Bold marketing. Though. Yeah, exactly. I like it. Physic Man doesn't give a shit. No, he doesn't. Um, so the NFC Championship game saw the Rams beating the Saints in overtime, twenty six to twenty three. Yeah, no, um, no controversy at all. In that not game. at all. Not <laughs> at all. At least for three and a half quarters. And then there was the pass interference that was heard round world. Um, I still don't understand how they missed it. I can't believe it. Um, the guy got fined. Yeah, Roby for the hit. For he, the got, hit. he got fined for the helmet-to-helmet helmet hit, but yeah. they didn't make the call. Well, there's, How there, ridiculous is that? There's been plays like that before. Kamara got hit in the game before by someone, and I can't remember who exactly, but there was another hit on our shoulder-to-shoulder, but not shoulder-to-shoulder, like helmet-on-helmet helmet hit, and that wasn't called, but was also fine. So. And then Goodell came out today and said, refs are human. Yes, they so, are. And a surprise to everybody. They make mistakes. It's it's brutal. It's it's a bad mistake. I think it's... it's I think it's... Jeez, it's probably... Fireable offense, but, I would say. Uh, yeah, I would say that yeah. ref crew is going to get the shittiest of assignments from now on. I don't know if they, like, because they're a union, so I don't think you can fire refs. Oh, okay. Um, but they're going to get the shittiest of assignments now. They're, you'll never see them in an NFC Championship game again, ever. Yeah. After that shit. Because they get, they get graded on every game, right? Right. Um, the thing is, for me, I never believe that a game comes down to one moment. No. Because there's always four or five moments... The the Saints had the ball first in OT. Yeah, that just happened to be the biggest moment, and they lost. Like, and so you can pick on that. moment. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, that's the reason. That's that's that is a. That's one of the reasons. That's a reason, but it's not the reason. Yeah, there's several reasons. Yeah, you had opportunities, um, but you didn't capitalize on them. You know, uh, that's it. And I understand the frustration by Saints yes. fans and by the by everyone on the team. Obviously, they're taking it very poorly. Yeah. Uh, Michael Thomas is still talking about it. He threw his Super Bowl tickets in the garbage. I love what you said to him on Twitter too. That was <laughs> phenomenal. Like maybe you should have given that to a uh, at, like a like an at risk Some, youth somebody. or something yeah. like that. You know, be be a good man. Yeah. Um, speaking of like gestures, like not like that, but did you see that Brandon Cooks? Uh, paid for the janitor and his son to go. I did see that. That uh, was awesome. Hey, Stan Kroenke, get off your fucking wallet and send your janitor to the Super Bowl. Why does it have to be Brandon Cooks? You're worth a fucking, like, multi-billion dollars. Yeah. Why does your receiver have to do that? Yeah, that's a bad look for the owner, for yeah, sure. Yeah, great move by Brandon yeah. Cooks. Like, like yeah. awesome, awesome stuff. But Stan Kroenke, like, what the fuck, dude? The, the owner could even do something after the fact. He could say, hey, Brandon, thank you for doing that. I didn't realize you needed the tickets. I want to reimburse you for that. Yeah, exactly. It just, yeah, I, I, that's what I took from it. Maybe I'm just old and jaded now and angry at everything. Uh, but the Rams got through, and they announced right after that they're going to be they're going to be wearing their throwback uniforms for the Super Bowl. It's a good call, which makes me excited, and, and is also the only reason I'm cheering for them. <laughs> yeah, and they're so they're 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 a good team. I love watching them. They got a bunch of star players. Aaron Donald's such a beast on yes, defense. Yes, yes, um, and their opponents. Uh, 
the Patriots beat the Chiefs 37-31 in overtime, which is the first time that both championship games have gone to OT, which is crazy. It was such a fun day of watching um, football. D Ford, what the fuck were you doing? Lined up in the neutral zone. How do you line up in the neutral? I just don't know how you line up there. If you if you jump offside, sure. You know they caught you. Shit happens. Yeah. How do you line up in the neutral zone? Like, do you not look to your left and say, oh, shit, I'm a little bit ahead of everybody here. I should back up. Yeah, jeez. And it's so obvious when you're watching on TV because the line's right freaking across. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's like, and, but you should notice that in real life, too. But some, oh. sometimes I, I noticed, it hasn't been happening, but in, like, not this year, but in previous years, sometimes almost the whole line was shifted. So it was, it's almost like they weren't straight at times. But. And then Andy Reid's like, well, usually the ref lets you know. Well, the, that's not the ref's fucking job, dude. No. Like, the one time the ref didn't do it and you get caught and you're going to blame the ref for not telling you? Jeez, yeah. Um, in overtime, that was just... Uh, first off, Tony Romo predicting everything that was going to happen He's was amazing. insane. He, yeah. he, he would sit there and he would, on the telestrator there, he'd circle Gronk, who was yeah. one-on-one on yeah. the left-hand side. And he's like, we're going to go to Gronk. It's probably going to be a skinny post. And then you watch Gronk do a skinny post. Yeah. And uh, actually... He's- Wade Phillips made a comment this week that his is getting plan <laughs> to get Tony Romo in his headset, <laughs> so he can game plan. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, you should. You yeah. should definitely do that. I when I hear Tony Romo do that, like I didn't realize. I thought that most guys could do this, but apparently this is kind of more special than I realized at first. I love listening to him. I think he's the best color guy in the league right now. I think. Um, I think. Tony Romo's advantage is that he played football in this era right. where every other color guy is like an era that's or two true. removed. That's true. So he understands a lot of the schemes that are currently being used. I don't know if Tony Romo's going to be this good in 10 years when right. things have changed and he's he's just a color guy not in the room doing the QB study. Right, right? Like, yeah. yeah. That's what I feel a little bit about Collinsworth now, even though he's he's amazing too. He's a great pro. He's my I, favorite. Yeah, I, I like him a lot too, but I almost like all those guys, I'm, I'm like, he watches enough football to know what's going on, but being far removed from it, you kind of more, you turn into more of just a broadcaster and yeah, less, exactly. less of a know-it kind exactly. of guy who uh, knows it. But Brady was clinical on that overtime That drive. was so amazing. They just, they're, they're so like precision. For, like, if you're not a fan of the team, it's kind of boring, but impressive. And what I mean by that is that it's clinical what they do. Like, you, you as soon as they got the ball in overtime, I, I, I was like, you know, they're gonna score. It just Brady's gonna score. It's just gonna happen. And they they march down clinical, like no fuck ups at all. You you were saying someone mentioned they're playing CFL football. Yes, yeah. yes, getting first downs and two downs instead of three. Yeah. You know, being ahead of the sticks at all times. It's, um, it's, and they did that all uh, overtime. They didn't have to convert. I, I think they converted one third down. Yeah. They didn't have to do anything else. And they just, they, they do these, they just know, they, they know how to abuse these defenses that they see. Like, they know, and Tony Romo knows it too. But they're, he's like, you know, Edelman over the middle right now. That's where yeah, you're going right yeah. now. And you watch it, and you're sitting there, and you're like, how does the DB not know this is coming? Because they've done it all game. And he still, they do that fucking drag route, and he still gets open every single time. But that's not to take away from what Patrick Mahomes did, too. They didn't start off great, 
But uh, they really came on in the second half, and Mahomes was was doing his magic. He, sh- he that showed that he, gonna, he's going to be a stud for years to come. He showed Just that he could play in a big game too against yep. Brady too. Yep. I mean, if he would have got the ball back, they could have won that game easily. Yep. Um, the reason, like the the big reason they lost, is the defense was absolutely gassed. They had been on the field so long, and they were gassed. Why they no timeout there? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you could have called a timeout. That's that's. Typical Andy Reid to a lot of people is that he's he's a great coach, great coach, but then doesn't work the clock properly, doesn't work the timeouts and it, properly, and it's, and it's accentuated or, or like like accentuated because mag- of the moment, magnified because yeah, of, of the playoffs. And Andy Reid has done this throughout his career. Eagles fans will tell you, oh yeah, you know he yeah. just he gets to the big moment and like his brain freezes up. They did fire the Chiefs fired the defensive coordinator the next day though, Bob Sutton. Really? Yeah. Yep. Because um, I guess players at halftime were were telling him we got to change shit, we got to change shit, and he refused. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he's yeah. gone. Yeah, he's gone. Got, yeah, you got to work. If, if your guys are saying that, you got to at least look into it. Um, so the Super Bowl, Patriots are favored by two and a half. This, this will be your last pick. I know you did no, you did no research for it. No, that's why did, I'm asking. I did zero research. Uh, I'm going to go with the Patriots. Yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, and a stat that means nothing at all. Uh, the home, the team that's worn the white uniform has won 13 of the last 15 uh, uh, Super Bowls. That makes the Patriots the the winner. That, yeah, obviously, yeah. because because that is that is like ironclad. That's so. a, that's a good percentage. So if you're betting on that number, that is high. What'd you say? 13 out of 18? 13 out of 15. Wow, that's very 13 nice. 13 of the last 15. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't bet that. Guys. No, don't bet like, that. Don't. Don't. <laughs> Do your research. Don't bet it based on what I just told you because that is like the dumbest move ever. That's what like, you call an anomaly. I yes, exactly. Exactly. Now to some NHL. So this went down while I was in, uh, I, I think just before I left to Vegas or while I was in Vegas, but Peter Shirelli has been fired. It was, it, was, in, it was percolating a long time before you went to Vegas. Yeah, that Vegas, is so. true. Uh, he was fired in the second intermission that he came against the Red Wings. <laughs> like, like, that's the, how, how's that for timing? They're like, you know what? I just can't take this guy sitting in the press box for another period. How Oilers is that, though? Like... What changed in two periods that you said, now I have to fire him? You didn't fire him before the game. You didn't wait till after the game. You had to fire him after two periods and be like, you know what? I'm just done with you. I wonder if, yeah. I wonder if he said something. Said something to somebody. And yeah. They, they, and they were just like, okay, that's we can't let you stay here. Yeah, after yeah. That. Like maybe they sent a text and he's like, yeah. well, this is your stupid fault or yeah. something. So I'll start that rumor then. Yeah. Um, his whole tenure was, was littered with... Trades and deals that he lost. Yeah. Like almost every single deal he did, yeah. he lost. And and so, like, everyone has been talking about this and beating this guy to death. So I'm not – we don't need to pile on yeah, him anymore. Yeah, we don't need to pile on – you know, we, he's, we've he's, called him a donkey before. We've done it do enough it before he was fired. So. Yeah. But uh, you know what was funny? That Something that was thrown out on uh, – someone on Twitter on the fan maybe this, uh, this week was a weird kind of butterfly effect theory about – um, what would have happened if they, the Oilers didn't win the draft lottery and didn't draft Connor McDavid and how their team might actually be better than it is right now? Have you oh, seen any I have not seen this. And, and the whole theory uh, basically revolves around the fact that uh, if uh, they wouldn't have hired Shirelli if they didn't win the draft lottery. 
because they won the lottery, knew they were going to pick Connor McDavid. Then they said, we need to go get a big-time GM to put a team around this kid. Because believe it or not, Shirelli actually had a good reputation at that time. Yeah. And then so the whole pre- premise is based on that. So thinking if they wouldn't have hired Shirelli, they would have ended up drafting somewhere maybe four, five, or six. They could have got Mitch Marner, Mikko Rantanen, uh, Noah Hannafin, someone like that. Uh, kept Eberle. They wouldn't have signed Lucic. Wouldn't have got Cassian. Kept they, Hall. Kept Hall. The Griffin Reinhardt trade was done under Peter Shirelli. Yeah. Which was the pick that was Matthew Barzell. Yeah. Uh, who had 85 points last yeah. year. That's that's the see like the the Larson for Hall straight up. Um, like it wasn't good, but the one like the most damning one was the Griffin Reinhardt trade. The yeah. assets that he gave up. Yeah. Um, and and just, some, something that should be pointed out that kind of goes against this theory is that I think that trade would have happened with with or without Shirelli there. It seemed like that was an organizational thing. Like th- there was people in the organization that were pushing for that trade to happen, and and they were all wrong. Everyone who pushed for that trade to happen is wrong. I was just gonna say like, and I think that's the big problem with the Oilers. Like you can blame the GMs all you want, you know, the Tambellinis, the Lows, however you want to go, uh, McTavish for a time there, but. Aren't they all still there, just in an office upstairs? McTavish is. I don't think Tambellini is anymore. But Lowe, Lowe, Lowe's, Lowe's on is. the business side, though. Yeah, he's doing. Yeah. He's doing what? Um, uh, what's his nuts? Uh, is Ken it King? King? Ken King? Ken King for the Flames. Calgary. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 He's on. He's doing that role for Edmonton, basically. Oh, okay. Um, but I think the big common thread is Bob Nicholson. To be quite honest, he's he- been there. He, for a while now, he deserves as much blame as anyone. Yeah, for this. And, and he's not going to fire himself. No, but he, but well, everyone, him and the owner deserve blame for this. It, yes, they, they are ultimately responsible for all of this. And I love Bob Nicholson. He's huge with uh, Team Canada. He lives in Calgary, or he used to live in Calgary for the longest time. Yep. Like really good overall person, and apparently supposedly a good hockey person. But uh, the the funny thing now is the GM they want to replace. Bob Nicholson made a point of saying we want someone who can assess. Hockey players, well, which is such a punch in the gut to Peter Chiarelli, because yeah. that is literally what the job is supposed to be. Yeah. So he's just saying we need someone who can assess hockey talent. As, yeah, and uh, uh, <clears throat> the whole thing too, like with, with Chiarelli and Tambellini and that, their whole thing was getting character. You know, yeah. like uh, they were getting Lucic and Cassian and Andrew Ference and Chris Russell, yeah, character guys, yeah, and it's like. Either a you're really shitty at uh, figuring out character because you like you constantly suck, or you're not looking at the right things. Well, like you gotta yeah. look, you gotta look more at, like what they do on ice and not just what they bring to the room. They thought they found a formula in Boston. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and he tried to carry that into the the Western Conference in the newer age of the NHL, where it's younger and faster. And yeah. it didn't translate well at all. Well, they kept on getting bigger and slower. Cassian, fucking uh, Gadzik for a time, and all these guys. It's like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, I don't. I didn't like the Cassian move for sure. I didn't like. Oh, I mean, what? A, you could criticize every move. There was a ton of moves that were so yeah. bad. Lucic yeah. is terrible. Uh, terrible signing. I don't dislike Lucic, but that's a terrible contract to give Lucic. Exactly. Lucic had a lot of miles on his chassis when he was in Boston. More than anyone, Peter Shirelli should have known that. Yeah. You don't give that guy that contract. Yeah. Um, but I think the big thing for the Oilers, this is a organizational thing. It's not just a GM thing. You've gone. Absolutely. You, you've missed the playoffs the last 12 out of 13 years. 
Shirelli wasn't the GM for all those. Yeah. Like it's an organization. Like it's well, well, it's so embedded in what you're doing. Yeah. Um, the fact that Peter Shirelli said when the Griffin Reinhardt trade went down is that he had a lot of information from inside the organization about this guy that was saying this was a good trade to make. Yeah. Which whoever that's coming from, it doesn't matter. It seems like it's too much, too much, too many people, uh, too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, and it's like. Uh, I heard something on a podcast. Uh, I think it was the PDO cast with Dmitry Filipovich. Okay. And he was he was saying that um, it's fine to have like the old boys club in there, you know, the Gretzky, Messi, whatever. Yeah. But the problem yeah. is, is that you need in your in your leadership core for like your front office, you need guys that bring different things to the table. If you only have the old guys from the '80s, they generally are going to think the same way. Well, if those guys are there in the role they are now, they just have to be a sounding board, basically. That's what they need to be. And for someone, if you're Wayne Gretzky, your main purpose for Wayne Gretzky is to manage up and talk to the owner on behalf of your GM. Yes. That's what his role is there for. Yes. Yes. And and tell the owner, like, maybe you shouldn't draft Nail Yakupov, you dumb fuck. Yeah, yeah. Like, what a... And that's not Shirelli. That was the owner. The owner wanted him. When everyone and their dog was saying, you got to trade out of that fucking pick yeah. and acquire more because it's not worth it. And he went and drafted him anyways. He thought he was getting a, a Pavel Bure, and he was not. Yeah, he wore number 10. That's about the closest to driving <laughs> Pavel Bure. You know, like, holy shit. Oh, and uh, Edmonton also gave up a pick in order to get Shirelli, which is a second-round pick who's playing uh, junior right now. Uh, geez, I can't remember the kid's name. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. He's, I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, 21-year-old. I can't remember. Last name's Stevens, but he's a good, good player. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And also, like, in Boston, he traded Tyler Sagan for Louis Erickson. Yeah. That, oh, God. He's you know, so um, and that was after, like, I don't think Louis Erickson, I'd have to look it up, but um, I don't think Louis Erickson was there during their cup run. Yeah, I don't remember you know, either. But that's so, but that's not a trade. no. He wasn't because Sagan Sagan won the cup with them. He was right. a rookie that year. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, like that was a bad deal. So I don't know. Yeah, who's his replacement? Do you think there's some candidates out there? Um, uh, Mike Futa, uh, Mark Hunter, Kelly McCrimmon, Ron Hextall, Dean Lombardi, Mike Gillis. Any of those guys interest you? I think Mike Gillis, just because yeah. he's into the analytics thing, and he oh, is he? Yeah. he was well, not at, like analytics, but also like how they train and stuff. Like like when he was in Vancouver, they were a little bit ahead of their time. Like okay. people used to think they were like hipsters. Oh, and yeah, for the oh. shit they were bringing out. It's because they're in Vancouver. And, and that's true, yeah. Uh, but I would think Mike Gillis possibly yeah. Dean Lombardi. I don't think so. Uh, you know, Ron what? Hextall. Yeah. yeah, he's really patient. If you're going to bring in Hextall, you're going to be in for a long rebuild because that, that's what he did in Philly, right? Like yeah. He, he slowly built up the pieces. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and I keep on hearing Mark Hunter, but I think that's because he was with the Leafs for a time. Well, and, well he was with the Leafs, yeah, but he is what we're talking about, uh, assessing talent. That's kind of what he is good at. So yep. I, I was kind of thinking, in my opinion, I like Mark Hunter one, like number one as far as the, the list on those guys go. Yeah. If, if it was me, I like Mark Hunter. Um, Kelly McCrimmon's done a good job in Las Vegas. He's basically put that team together from yep. new, so he knows how to kind of do that. Him and Hextall, I kind of like Mark Hunter, Kelly McCrimmon, Ron Hextall. Fuda is apparently great in L.A., but he doesn't seem to want to leave unless it's the perfect job, so I don't really know how good he is. You know what the thing is, too, with these GMs? Do you want to work for Daryl Cates? Yeah. 
Like, because he seems like he's a meddler. Yeah. Well, and hopefully... And, and you're trying... Like, like you said with Gretzky yeah. and, and the old boys is, is to, like, have a buffer. Yeah. But it doesn't seem to work. Yeah. Like, it seems like he still fucking meddles. So do you... Like, in Mark Hunter's case, do you want to take this job or do you want to wait for Seattle? Right, yeah. Where the owners are probably going to be more hands-off. And there's a few guys. Mike Gillis is apparently waiting for a Seattle job, too. So, so I think that would be a, a nice... I think people want to go to that situation if you're a GM out yeah. there. Also, with the Oilers, too. You know, they're... Like, I... It, it's good for... Uh, it's good for Alberta, where we live, if the Oilers and Flames are both good at the same time. Right. Because... Everyone gets into it. Oh, definitely. Right, and and if they had ever had a playoff series against each other, it'd be just nuts in this province. Oh, I'm I'm pissed at the Oilers. I wish they were better. Like yeah. that, they're almost they're, they're embarrassing their for fans right now. This is stupid. But the Oilers, like, I just feel like Bob Nicholson is just gonna fuck this up, and he's gonna hire like like fucking I don't know Marty McSorley or something <laughs> stupid you know and it's gonna be like why did you fire why did you hire this guy well he's tough character guy tough character guy he really brings some character to the, to the room but he's a GM yeah but you know he brings some character and he knows Wayne Gretzky and that's pretty cool man yeah like just get just get the whole team back yeah exactly where's like, Grant Fear he's around he's golfing most of the time but he's around Jesus Christ so I don't know uh, other news the Trade season has started in the NHL. We got uh, the first big move. Jake Muzzin was traded from the Kings to the Toronto Maple Leafs for two prospects. Uh, prospects. Prospects. <laughs> prospects. Prospects. Uh, Sean Dursey, a defenseman, and Carl Grundstrom, a right wing, and a 2019 first-round pick. I feel like that's like kind of underwhelming for a return. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of, that's what you're going to get. I feel for a Jake Muzzin. I mean, he's what is he a, a two three defenseman kind of basically? I just thought they could get a little bit more. I don't know. Maybe if they hold out longer and teams get desperate, they can get more. But getting a first overall pick is is very nice. And then two second first round, round pick. First, yeah, first. Oh yeah, sorry. Did I say first overall? You sure did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That would that would this be. This isn't that, the Oilers. That right? would be amazing. Yeah. First round pick and then two guys who are former second round picks. I, I think that's kind of the going rate for Muzzin. I think that's what you're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's it's interesting for the the Leafs. They've they've really strengthened their decor um, going into the playoffs. They got um, another right-handed shot, which which they kind of needed a left-handed D. But and so that that was the thing I was going to yeah. ask you. I kept on hearing like, "Oh, that's the best you could do with a right-handed D," and I'm like, "What the fuck?" Like, well, Babcock more than any other coach in the league uh, seems to abide by the rule of having right and left shot Ds. So like. Like my thing is like like not that Jake Muzzin's like like Nick Lidstrom, but like are you gonna turn down a good player just because of his hand? Well, and no, they're not. Obviously, they took him. You know, yeah. So uh, yeah. so obviously they're kind of blowing that out of the water. But and that that's good. Like just yeah. get a good player. Like yeah, and that's what they chose to do. You know, it's just kind of weird. I know whole scenario. And I, but the the reason that people are talking about it is because. Babcock more than anybody abides used to abide by that rule. He he did that with Team Canada. He had PK Subban on the bench at Team Canada because they didn't they needed a different handed shot. Yeah, yeah, fuck. Yeah. That was oh man. And I mean they won. They were fine. They were, yeah, that well, team was so damn good. Yeah, well when you got that kind of depth, you're fine. But yeah. uh, wasn't Jake Muzzin the one that took his spot or something like that? I think it was. Was Jake Muzzin on that Canada team? I think he. I, Jeez, I'll look, what, what year gonna, was that? I'll look, look, look that up because I don't. We're gonna look it up, but I, 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 I would be surprised if Jake Muzzin wasn't Olympic. It was. Guy. Uh, it was Weber. It was. 
Petrangelo. It was um, what Dowdy. Year? What year was that? Uh, you're looking. So I would think it's 2014. We're just looking it up right now, folks. You know, because right. this this is professional. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is a professional podcast where we look up things on the fly. Okay. So. Um, yeah, you keep going. I'll look it up. Yeah. So Jake Jake Muzzin just allows them to slot better. Well, he's 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 a better than a lot of their other options. I think. Yeah. You, you, there'll be someone, and, and you need depth in the playoffs too. He's a good option. Oh, and and I I can talk about this. The Flames. First in the West, um, awesome! Like they're having a great season. David Riddick, David Riddick has, has solidified himself as a starter. Mike Smith has regressed like crazy. Um, what kind of moves would you like? Are you doing anything at the trade deadline, or are you just rolling with what you got? Uh, you, you could tinker. You could add like depth somewhere, but I don't think I don't see a major move in this. I heard team. today that the Carolina Hurricanes are looking at moving Michael Furland, and the Flames. The are Flames, talking about the Flames were interested. And I'm just in like, that. yeah. What the fuck? Why? People think you need someone like that in the playoffs now, like to be that bright. No, to be like a Tom Wilson. That's what they're comparing him to right now. Oh, so we need a guy that's gonna get suspended. <laughs> that's there's so many jokes for that. Obviously, <laughs> it's just that's what we need. Yeah. We need some more suspension, baby. <laughs> they found it. Yeah. Well, here we go. We're scrolling. We're yeah. Scrolling. No, Jake Muzzin's not on this team for sure. Oh, Mark Edward Vlasic is. PK Subban, um, Petrangelo. Bo Meester, yeah, Drew, Drew Doughty, Shea Weber, Dan, Duncan Keith. Duncan Keith. Dan Hamuse. Yeah. That's the Ham, guy. Hamuse. Oh, okay, Hamuse. yeah, yeah, Hamuse. That's the guy that I was like, why the fuck are you playing him over P.K. Subban? And it was because of his hand. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, that he, is... Hamuse was a pretty good defenseman in, when, in Vancouver. The years Listen, when he was playing in Vancouver, he was pretty good. He was, was not good. P.K. Subban. Come no, on. no, no, no. On that big ice, I would have preferred to have Subban out there, but they won. It didn't matter. Yeah, it was, yeah, whatever. They won. Now some MLB. If I can press the button. There we go. This theme song invokes the most emotion in me. This is the, this is the game I want to play out of all of them. <laughs> there you go. There's four batting stances. That's that, it. That, that's it. One pitching mechanic, I think. Maybe two. That's it. Uh, so the big news in MLB this past week is they announced their Hall of Fame inductees for this year. Uh, we have... Mariano Rivera, who is the first unanimous, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Then we had Edgar Martinez, DH, uh, went in. Uh, that was his tenth year on the ballot, uh, which is insane. So he got in under the wire because I think he could only be on the ballot for ten years. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Roy Halladay got in on his first year of the ballot with an eighty-five point four percent, which is the same as Edgar. And then Mike Mussina got in with 76.7%, who he pitched for the Orioles and the Yankees. Uh, and also the Veterans Committee inducted Harold Baines and Lee Smith. And basically that's the guys that are off the ballot that they feel like it's going to right or wrong. Okay. Basically. Um, There's a different committee that votes on that. Yes. That's not yes. voted by the baseball writers, no, correct? No. The baseball writers vote the four we just mentioned. <laughs> The Veterans Committee votes voted for Harold Baines and Lee Smith. Right. Yes. So, um, what? So I, I don't disagree with any of those. Do you? No. No. You know what? What bothers me with it though? How in like this is not to take anything away from Mariano Rivera, but how the fuck is he the first guy? That's the unanimous. Right. Yeah. Ken Griffey Jr. wasn't unanimous, and that is a goddamn shame. 
Okay, I have a beef okay. with this process. Let's hear it. I, I'm not a fan of having the baseball writers vote on this process. Because there is obviously baseball writers that are holding personal grudges against certain players on the list. Yes, and I it, agree it's, with that. it's completely obvious. Um, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are not in. They're, people are using steroids as the reason that they're not in. Yeah. And, of course, Barry Bonds is the double because he's done steroids and he was mean to the media. Yeah. So he has personal grudges in the media and he did steroids. Yeah. So possible I reason why Kurt Schilling's also not getting votes. He's not votes because he, 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 he was a jerk and, he people, was a jerk. and people hate his politics and yeah. he's very open about them right now. So I, I, I really do not like having the writers vote on this. I don't know. I, don't, I didn't come up with a better solution, but I don't like the way it is right now. You know what I don't like is when I heard this, this is one writer – this is for the Ken Griffey one, and this this just fucking bothers me. He's like, he did not vote for Ken Griffey to go in in his first year because nobody should be allowed to go, like, nobody should get unanimous votes their first time around. What kind of fucking, like, like thing is that? Yeah. Did he elaborate on that? Does he, or is it just, it's some... No, he just doesn't think anybody should, okay. nobody should be, should be unanimous. And obviously he's off the ballot because, because Mariano Rivera got in with 100%. Right. I'm going to list off the top 10 under Mariano Rivera for a percentage vote. Okay. And none of these guys were 100%. So Ken Griffey, 99.32. Tom Seaver, 98.84. Nolan Ryan didn't get it. Oh. Nolan fucking Ryan, the guy who, like, Career leader in strikeouts. They're trying to make it a prestigious honor, it seems yeah. like. Well, if you're not going to do it for Nolan Ryan, why the fuck are you doing it for Mariano Rivera, who's a fucking closer? Very true. That's very true. Yeah. yeah. That makes not a lick of sense. Yeah. Makes Ka- no sense at all. How many games did Cal Ripken Jr. play in the field uh, consecutively? Like 2,800 2, or something like that? that that's uh, 98.53. Yeah, so that's a little bit more... I mean, I don't don't get me wrong. I love Mariano Rivera. That's probably a little bit more difficult. Than- uh, Ty Cobb, 98.23. Yeah. George Brett, 98.19. Ty Cobb murdered a person, so you get, yeah. you get deductions and, for and, that. And George Brett was a dick. So Hank Aaron... 97.83. Yeah. Uh, we, we're all thinking it as to why he didn't get in 100%. Okay? Uh, <laughs> we, we all know why. Tony Gwynn, 97.61. Randy Johnson, 97.27. How the fuck doesn't he go in yeah. 100% over Mariano Rivera? Are you saying there's racist voters out there for Damn Hank Damn rights I am. Damn rights I am. You know what? Why uh, does Hank Aaron get in? Well, sorry, what was it? What did you, what's and Grace Maddox, oh. 97.2. How, like, like, I read those names... All 10 of these guys should be 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here's the thing. If Hank Aaron is in for for um, no, no problem, then why isn't Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens in? Because Hank Aaron, like back in those days, Hank Aaron used amphetamines. Uh, Mickey Mandel used amphetamines. Well, okay. Amphetamines, though, were it's speed. It, yeah... Yeah, I was just going to say, like... It doesn't increase your power. Yeah, I was going to... What I was going to say, and I, I'm in the wrong, I was going to say, well, amphetamines are technically legal, but they're not. No. They're they, not legal. They, they so. probably... They may have been at that time. Yeah. But some of the... Ster- like, steroids were never legal. Like, the, they, the they stuff Mark McGuire was doing, Mark McGuire Andrew, was doing Androstenedione. That was legal. That was legal, yes. But yes. he was probably doing more, like, needles in the butt stuff, too. Yeah, probably, but they, they bust him for Andro. And what gets me is that, uh, and they're doing this a lot in the Olympics, and I just, 
they're going back and testing samples from before with today's technology. This is happening in the Olympics, oh. and then they're they're taking away medals from people. That's bad news. And it's like 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 does that not feel like it's like minority? Re- is it Minority Report? Is that the is that the movie where they 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 like know a crime is going to happen before it happens, so they bust the guy before he does it. With Tom Cruise's Tom minority, Cruise. minority Report, I never yeah. saw it though. Okay, but I like I think we're going down this fucking rabbit hole here. That I don't, I don't, I don't you think know. I like it that much. I mean, I want the sport to be as clean as you can. I don't want guys cheating. Like, don't get me wrong, I don't love the steroid era. I'm, I'm glad that people are getting away from it because it's not healthy either. That's right. So I, I, I hope guys are getting away from it. But in, in baseball, it seems like they are. In football, I don't think they are at all. You know what? It, like baseball is so funny because they're, they're like, oh, like. Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, you guys are fucking assholes for, for you know, uh, Mark McGuire, you guys are all assholes for doing steroids. Oh, when was your biggest boom period? Oh, 1998. When yeah, they also all, saved the game. Yeah, when they're all hitting the whole, those home runs after your your donkey move of canceling your World Series. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Like, And, and you don't think Bud Selig knew that they were juicing at that time? He didn't do a damn thing about it because exactly. the Sosa-McGuire thing was the most popular thing in sports. You know, like, it's just, it's... And Chris Archer came out and said, you know, he does, like, anybody that did anything uh, should never be allowed in the hall. And, like, okay, like, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Myself? I think Bonds and Clemens should be in because... How how do you have a Hall of Fame without those two guys? They're two of the most influential guys in all of baseball as far as what they did on the field and their accomplishments. And I don't think they should be in with an asterisk. They should be in... And you should you can openly talk about how they did steroids if you want. It's yeah. it's out there. It's all out there. But you don't stop them from getting in. Barry Bonds is one of the be- whether he did steroids or not. He's one of the best baseball players of all time. Roger Clemens, whether he did steroids or not, is one of the best baseball players of all time. Yeah, it's and and the thing with Bonds and Clemens is it's not like Sammy Sosa, where. Was Sammy Sosa ever like accused of steroids, or was it his was the corked bat? No, he went to court for steroids. Okay, yeah. so Sosa never put up huge numbers. No. Before the steroids. No. Bonds and Clemens did. Yeah. And and even like Alex Rodriguez is kind of the same thing. Like he put up monster numbers before. Right. But he did it like like and this doesn't make it right. But he did it because he was like like there's there's only a, a sliver of difference between a rod and then the next guy. Like like everybody in the pros is pretty fucking good. Yeah, so for him t- to keep his edge. And the same sliver ahead of the next guy, because the next the, the next guy was doing steroids, so he had to do it to keep ahead. Exactly. Right. Well, what you're talking about here are two a few different tiers of steroid users too, because you know a guy like Barry Bonds, Alex Rodriguez, these guys are kind of five tool players in their prime, and they're they're so good in their prime. But when they see a guy like uh, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire getting all the, the publicity, like Barry Bond specifically, when he sees those two guys yeah, getting all the publicity. Yeah, he's better than them. And he's, he's like, fuck He knows this. he can hit the baseball better than them. He just doesn't have the power they have. He's going to be like, he's, he's trying to show them what's, what a real baseball player looks like. Yeah, and it's, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe it's, I think they should be in. I don't. I wish he didn't cheat. He did cheat the game a little bit since you're not allowed to do that. He was cheating the game, but I still don't understand. You can't keep him out. I, it's almost like you can't keep him out even though he did it. I don't understand how you can. Yeah, it's – and and the thing is, is if you're going to bust him for steroids, then you got to go down the list and you gotta you got to expunge guys that did bad shit too. 
Yeah, if if it's just steroids, then yeah, whatever. You got you got to you probably have to get rid of murderers. You probably have to get them out of there. Yeah, like Ty Cobb's yeah. got a goal. Yeah, so uh, Mickey Mantle was you know I mean alcohol. Should we go to alcohol? Because Mickey Mantle was an alcoholic. Uh, he did amphetamines. He had the same doctor as JFK and all these other what guys. About, like womanizers, are we gonna like and, and adulterers and stuff like that? Like yeah. like are we going down this rabbit hole that and and the thing with amphetamines too, which which a ton of people were doing. Um, it was medicine at the time. They didn't realize what it was. It's, well, they didn't and, realize it was like methamphetamine sure. you can and, get now. But the thing is, is that they they were doing it, and and it it did have an impact on the game because you were tired, you took this, and you're fucking up and ready to go. Exactly. Like you're gonna play better when you're up and ready to go than when you're tired. Uh, steroids do help, obviously, but I don't think they help your eyesight, like Barry Bonds and your hands. Well, that's the thing. It helps. Like, it it if, helps him hit bombs. If you connect, yeah. they're going to go farther. That's why Barry Bonds became so good after he started taking them because he could already square up the baseball perfectly. So when you give him some more power, now he's hitting like into the freaking bay all the time. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, just, just we, like we need to look at Barry Bonds' numbers here for a minute. His numbers are outstanding. Yeah, seven hundred sixty-two home runs. Uh, almost 2,000 RBI. Almost 3,000 hits. Five, 500 stolen bases, 514. guys. 514, yeah. And and none of that happened when, when he started juicing. Like, that was all before he juiced. This is an amazing number. 2,558 walks. Yeah. And that was all after he started juicing, for the most part. Yeah, like, he got a lot after. The steals went away, and the walks went way up. Well, well, you look like a look at a guy like Manny Ramirez, who has similar number. He doesn't at, he, he doesn't have as many, but look at the walks that Manny Ramirez got compared to uh, Barry uh, Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds like twenty two fifty eight to thirteen oh five. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, also, uh, cumulative WAR, which is the 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 new thing, one hundred and sixty two point eight. That means like he. Over a replacement player, he's worth 162 wins over the next replacement player. So he's worth a whole season of wins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's how fucking good career. he was yeah. over his career. And I just, you know. And he took steroids. He, there's no denying it, but did I don't he, know how you keep him out. Did he admit to it? He, he didn't admit to it, but he did. There's no way he didn't. Do you do the Pete Rose thing and say if you admit to it? We can. I think. Look at it. I think Rose should be. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. If you want to do that, I think Rose should be in there too. No. And this is why. This is why he shouldn't be in there. When he got suspended, the commissioner told him, "He's like, we're going to suspend you, and we're going to call it indefinite, but we can revisit this. But you need to stop gambling." Pete Rose didn't stop. So they so they busted him while he was doing it. Yeah. And they told him this. The, and and the commissioner told him. He said he said part of his conditions were. We're, you're suspend you're suspended for baseball for life, but we will revisit it. Um, but you have to meet these certain criteria to make it happen. So and he had to stop gambling. He had to stop gambling altogether, or just all, on baseball altogether. All and he didn't do it. He didn't do it. They gave the thing is is they gave him a chance yeah. to do it, and he he refused. And obviously, it's an addiction, and and sure. he didn't get help. But still, they gave him the chance, and that's why I say Pete Rose. Never can never be in because if you're given the fucking chance and you still don't take it, how many chances do you need to get? Okay, I got to admit, even with my strong opinion, I didn't know that part of the story, so I'll have to rethink that for sure too because I didn't know that part of the story. And you know what, the gambling thing too is really interesting because one of his excuses were that he never. I mean, I think in an ideal world, I think he should be able to gamble. You just don't 
gamble on games you're playing in. Oh, of course. And but I but I know that what the, people think it's the disease, and once you gamble on one thing, you gamble yeah. on everything. So you can't you can't even play blackjack because you're a gambling addict. So I know yeah. that whole that whole like logic or whatever. The problem with gambling is that he says his defense is that I never bet against my team. So meaning he's meaning he never fix a game. Meaning he's he's always motivated to win. So yeah. he's essentially saying it's like his team paying him because they want him to win too. Yeah. But that logic is wrong unless you bet on every single game all the time. Because if you don't bet on a game, what is that saying? That's yeah. saying you might not be up for it today. Yeah. So not betting on that game is essentially betting against yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So and you know what? So you're and, probably right about that. I in, changed my opinion. In the bre- in the grand scheme of things, like I don't think gambling is as bad as doing steroids. It doesn't. It probably doesn't change the game as much as doing no, steroids. I, don't know. I just think it's funny that that baseball is the sport that had the steroid issue and not football. Like I just think that's fucking crazy. Right. Yeah. Well, that's because they're just knowingly allowing it in football. Oh they're, yeah. They're, they're like, we're gonna get some scientists to get ahead of the drug test, and we're just gonna keep doing this. Yeah. They got exactly. The, they got the smartest people in the world on the job. Exactly. Now this. MLB topic leads me to my donkey of the week. Who do you got? Who do I got? Blue Jays fans. Blue Jays fans. Blue Jays That's fans. That's me. You're talking to me. Yeah, I'm talking to you. All right. Okay. Especially if you if you said this. I'm the Blue Jays fans are upset that Roy Holiday's family has decided that he will not go in with a team on his hat because that fucking matters, I guess. Specifically, the Jays. Yeah, I'm with you on this the, one. That, those assholes. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. So their whole <laughs> thing is that Holiday said that he was going to go in as a Jay when he was in town for a 40th anniversary celebration of the franchise's best players in 2016. Yeah. Do you think that Roy Holiday is going to sit there on that pedestal and say, nah, I'm not going to go in with anything on my hat when he's there to celebrate the Jays? He lied. He lied. You know what? What the fuck does it matter what's on his hat? On the plaque, it says he plays for the Jays from this time to this time, and the Phillies from this time to this time. Yeah, I people, was mad at that. People are losing their goddamn minds, and they're, they're fucking attacking Roy Holiday's family, his widow, and his kids on social media because of this decision. You don't think that the family knows better than anybody else what Roy Holiday actually wanted? I heard someone say that this was disgusting on social media. They said this was disgusting is the word they used. Disgusting that that's the, the choice they made? Yes. Well, that guy's a fucking idiot. Exactly. Like, I'm telling you, why would someone... Like, how is that disgusting? That This is a ridiculous response. Absolutely ridiculous. No, In my opinion is whatever his family wants is whatever his family wants for that. Period. Period. End of story. It doesn't matter. The name is on the plaque. It doesn't matter what's on the hat. By the way, matter. Mike Mussina doesn't have a team on his hat either. He couldn't choose between the Orioles and the Yankees, so he didn't do it. Wow. Where, where's the fucking outrage against him? Oh, that's, that's a good point. Like, it is... Jays fans, this is not a good look for you. Just shut up. Just shut up. I'm a Jays fan, but we have less and less good and good looks lately. Oh my god, that it was just that is an awful take. Don't no. No, it's just that's just fucking awful. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And I'm gonna transition like it's a double donkey week. Oh, uh, we got two? Double donkey. We're gonna double down on the donkey. You're I love how you're wearing your Brett Favre jersey today since the, we talked about the dick pic the last dick week. Pic. And it's the Jets one, And you're too. wearing the Jets Favre jersey. That's I can't right. believe you pulled that out. <laughs> so, 
Kawhi Leonard bought a home in San Diego for $13.3 million. He sure did. So the donkeys of the week are Raptors fans because they're losing their mind because they're like, oh my God, obviously he's leaving. No, he bought a home in his hometown. Calm the fuck down. That happens quite frequently with yes. people who make $20 million a yes. year. You have to spend that money. You just can't leave it in your fucking bank account. Um, so for him to buy a home that he's going to spend time in the offseason is okay. That doesn't mean he's leaving. Calm the fuck down. You know, I heard something from Stephen Brunt that made so much sense. The ride that the Raptors are on right now is really good. Fucking enjoy it. Stop exactly. losing your mind about a guy possibly leaving. Enjoy it. Because remember the times when the team was bad. And you know what? To be quite honest, a lot of these fans that are losing their minds weren't fans back then. Because they probably they, don't remember that Because time. they're Fairweather fans. As soon as the team's bad, they're not going to like them anymore. Uh, also known as the bandwagon. Depends how much you like basketball. If you like basketball and that's your team, they're amazing to watch. But if you just want to jump on and for a just party. It, just enjoy the fucking yeah. ride. That's so true. You know, and, you know, something to, to take is that Paul George was going to L.A. no matter what. It didn't fucking matter. Well, he re-signed with the Thunder. And Oklahoma City is a lot smaller market than Toronto. Well, here's the thing. Unlike the, uh, the format that they're using in Edmonton, the format they're using in Toronto on the basketball, basketball side is working beautifully. Yeah. So whatever happens here... As long as they have Masai Ujiri pulling the strings, they're going to be a competitive team. And what he's doing right now is he's swinging for the fences. So it's, it's, it's refreshing to see. Everybody knows what's going on now. You have to be aware of what's going on right now, and you can't worry about the future, like you just said, because enjoy it. So we're talking about NBA, so we may as well do our NBA segment. Okay, NBA is going nuts. Nothing going on in the NBA. What are you talking about? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anthony, uh, Anthony Davis, through his agent, Rich Paul of Clutch Agency, I think is what it's called. Uh, which LeBron James owns, yeah, by the way. By the way, which 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 isn't a, a like monopoly by any stretch, okay? Or whatever you want to call it. Like this, this seems really fishy that a player owns the agency. But anyways. I don't blame LeBron. This is awesome by him. So requests a trade out of New Orleans. And he, the, the agent states that um, they want to go to a place where they're competitive consistently and uh, they, you, know, you can go to the playoffs and all that stuff. Um, and the reason they're doing this is that it gives the chance for the Pelicans to trade him and get assets, which I actually think is a pretty classy move. I agree. Because he could have been a dick and said, like, fuck you. Like, I'll, I'll wait it out and you get nothing. But, like, There's he, no- he's also trying to get out early. Because he signed next year. Right, yeah, exactly. So. But there's there's nothing wrong with the player doing this either. And in my personal opinion, because he's telling them up front, I'm not going to be re-signing with you. And and you need to you need to get assets for me. I'm valuable to you. I don't want to leave you with nothing. Get something for yeah. me. Uh, the NBA thought it was wrong. They fined him 50K for making a trade request to the media. Right, yeah. And there's... I'm, well, here's the thing. Let's talk about the things you can get fined for or you should get fined for. Um... I don't know what this means, but LeBron James takes you to what LeBron James takes you to dinner one night. Yeah. Say he buys some nice wine. Say he buys you an amazing meal. 
Say he's, he talks about what a no, great time it would it, be playing with you. It, you say if he see, says, that's the problem. You can't say that. <laughs> well, why, why can't he? So they can't go to dinner? They can't no. have a nice evening together? They can, but he can't, he can't say, hey, like, wouldn't it be fun? You can't, you can't, there's no hypothetical. Oh, this is going like, to be a tough thing to monitor, uh, I feel. Oh, my God, it's ridiculous, hey? Um, LeBron, so the report is Davis prefers the Lakers, and if he gets traded elsewhere, he won't resign. With that team. So that's kind of forcing the Pelicans hand. Uh. And then I read today that, that Dell Demps, uh, who is the GM of the Pelicans, uh, is not even picking up his phone. <laughs> he's not even answering calls. You know what? That's a smooth move right now. That's a power move because what he's saying to the Davis camp, he's like, I'm in no rush to trade you guys. You yeah. might have to hang out. So if you guys are doing all this shit behind the scenes, how about you put a good trade together for me and help me out and then I'll get you traded. That's yeah. what he's saying right yeah, now. that's true. That's and he's true. also saying, I don't have to trade you because you're under contract next season. Yep. But, you know, I think you... You, but you might want to if you, you get a lot. You do have to because because uh, he'll become a malcontent in the locker room. He will. Like, I, will he? I don't think he. This I guy think, has it in him. I don't think I, this guy's a Jimmy Butler. I I know not to Jimmy Butler level, but I think when you when you want out of someplace and you don't get what you want, it's human nature. Human nature. You're right. It, it's not like he's going to be going around and being like "fuck you, fuck you." He's gonna he's gonna just be more mopey and maybe not. Uh, like in practice, he won't be practicing the same. Fair enough. And so that yeah, so that, that's what I mean. Right. So I'll, so so this is a move then by the GM to say, yeah, let's see what how much I can get from you. I'm in no rush. Um, he's, he's trying to play the offers as well. The crazy thing is, is what do they? What do the Pelicans do? Because the the Celtics can't be in on the conversation because of the Rose Rule, which right. we will get into shortly. So there's 28 other teams that can make bids, which, which obviously not all are going to. Um, but he's kind of said he wants to go to the Lakers. So if by saying that, obviously your your trade offers from other teams are going to be less. Because they're not going to give up the farm to get Anthony Davis for a year and a half. But the reason other teams will trade for him is you get him for this year's run at the playoffs and yep. all of next or next season yep. if, if you choose to. Yep. So that, and you can also trade them within that time too. So you can also get some assets back. From yeah, him. yeah. If, if it doesn't work out or something, you could trade them at next year's deadline. So, right? so they have some. They have a couple options here. And what I think they should do right now is maximize every offer they can. Go go out to the teams that are looking. Go out to Los Angeles. Go out to apparently Toronto's looking. Go out to the Clippers. Go out to the Knicks. Go you know, out to the Nets. I you know go to the Celtics too. They can't make a deal. But ask them, hypothetically, what would your deal be on July 1st? Because you may as well have all the facts. I heard that like, like uh, if they offered Jason Tatum, yeah. who's probably the best young prospect out of all the... Uh, but I did have it here with the 76ers. Like somebody threw out their Ben Simmons. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so that's interesting. But then like... Embiid and Davis, can they coexist on the same floor? Would, I'd be more excited to see LeBron and Anthony Davis. That pick and roll would be stupid. Yeah, they'd be That'd good there. That'd be a there. video game cheat code is what that is. What I feel is happening with the Lakers, I feel they're playing up their guys big time. I think if they could trade a Brandon Ingram and Alonzo Ball and maybe even a Kuzma and a few picks, they would do it instantly. So I heard the starting, like like the rumored, like what the Lakers would have to offer to start is Alonzo Ball, Kuzma, Zubach, and at least three firsts. At least three firsts. Yes. 
So that's, that's ridiculous, that's, and that's never going to happen. You walk, that's you walking up to the table and saying, "This is the first offer I'm giving you." Like that's not the final offer; that's the first offer. They're they're trying to set an anchor point as to where you negotiate from, and it's outrageous. Yes. Uh, also, what I thought was interesting is Clay Thompson is reported at looking at the Lakers as a free agent destination because he's a free agent this summer. I'm not surprised this news came out at the same time as when they're trying to court uh, a Davis move. If if they get Anthony Davis. And the Warriors don't offer Max contract, which they wouldn't be able to if they re-signed Kevin Durant. He would go to the Lakers, which would be a shift in power. Big uh, time. Big time in the West. Um, can we talk about how much of a uh, like power player fucking LeBron James is? He runs this league. He is moving the, the, the earth, essentially. He's playing risk. With the NBA teams is what he's doing. He sits there with his game board and he's like, I'm going to move you over here. And I'm going to move this over there. J.R. Smith can get high in Cleveland. (laughs) And we good. We good. He is literally doing that. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's so impressive. I I think it's it's amazing. He's doing what Michael Jordan did before him. And and they're both doing it on the same type of level. Like, they're, they're, they're just the... But you talk to Jordan, and Jordan never did that. You know, he wouldn't. He wouldn't go chase rings. O- okay, but you kept Scottie Pippen by your side the whole time. You didn't let him go run a team. Yeah, there you go. You know, yeah. so there's that. <laughs> you know, I, 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 it's you know what? It's so interesting. And you don't think like Tony Kukoc and Steve Kerr could have gone and played starting roles elsewhere? Absolutely. But okay, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You didn't. You didn't chase rings. No, no, no. Yeah, no kidding. No, no. <laughs> no, no. I get it. I get it. And they're they're both they both they're they're making so much money off the court. Like they're they're on the court salary it doesn't even matter and it's thirty million a year and it doesn't even matter. Man, NBA players make a ton of dope, eh? Well, and especially the top end guys. I, I again but you know what? It's it's a star driven out of all the sports, the NBA is the sport that is most star driven. Definitely. You know, uh the LeBron effect. It, Every place he's fucking gone, he's made them good and gone to finals. Every single team. The first incarnation of the Cavaliers, he took them to the finals. They lost to the Mavericks. Uh, He goes to the Heat. He wins two or three titles there. I can't remember. Uh, Goes back to the Cavs. Goes to the finals a bunch of times. Wins a title there. Uh, And it's only a matter of time before he takes the Lakers back. Yeah. You know? Oh, and and this was was such a great move by Magic Johnson because you just bring in a guy who's like a a force. He's he's like, I don't know, he's like nature in a way. He just, he's going to affect things. Um, If I'm the Lakers, even if you have to throw an Ingram and another first, I'm doing the deal. Because Anthony Davis is 26, I believe. I think he's 26 years old. It sounds good. Um, <laughs> Don't have it's not like it's not like he's 35. You know, you're not trading for like and uh, Dirk Nowitzki at this point or something like that. You're trading for a guy that's in his prime. And he's arrived. Yeah, he's arrived as a player. He, coming out of college, it, it wasn't obvious to me anyway. I'm not a basketball expert, but it, <laughs> obviously, but it wasn't obvious to me what he was going to become because he was a, a tall, lanky guy. Yeah, he, he could dribble the ball, but he was mostly a defensive player and a dominant defensive player. But he really developed his offensive game when he got to the NBA, and now he's averaging like 20 some points a game. And in the playoffs, I think throughout his career, he's averaging over 30 points. Again. Yeah, he's a beast. He gave the Warriors fits when they played him in the playoffs, and and the Warriors he, he's are stacked. Too, team. He's too uh, long, too skilled, too athletic. Uh, what I will say though, please, dear God, if the Warriors get him, like you may as well just not have the NBA. I don't think the Warriors will get him. That doesn't. That seems like the least likely to me. It would be, but it's just like I, yeah. just, you know, I just I'm just throwing it out there. 
I see the league going from a shifting of power from Golden State. Golden State's still great now. Don't get me wrong; they can still compete for the next maybe one, two, three years. I don't, I don't see a Magic with that. Johnson made a good point today too. Like they were talking about how the greatness of the Warriors, and he's like, he's like, they're a great team, but he's like, they're not like the Lakers of the '80s or the Bulls of the '90s, where they dominated for a decade. Fair enough. Not you know, yet. Not, not yet. yet. He's like they. You need there. There needs to be longevity to be up with those teams or the Celtics of the. The 60s and 70s. Well, and, and here's the thing. How good can you... How, how long can you sustain winning with a three-point shot? For them, I think it's how long can you sustain having those guys on your roster. Right. But what I'm saying is, like, they, they play this weird new style of basketball. It's not the old days where you throw inside to the post and, you you know, you, yeah. you, you back a guy down and you... But everybody's trying to play the, their style of basketball, right? Yeah, yeah. They're trying to copy it for yeah. sure. Yeah, so, so... Just the way the game's going. Um, but uh, let's talk about these these possible offers. The Raptors one, I don't know. I don't this, know. He, he, okay, here's the thing. I don't think the Raptors have enough to get them. I, obviously, I would think they, they should. If you can... Give up a guy like Pascal Siakam, who we've talked about glowingly before. Yeah. Like he, he's great. If you can give up a guy like him and then Anobi, they don't have much else after that. They got future it, draft it, picks. It would have to be futures after that. I don't think that's enough to get it done. And then you got a guy like DeLon Wright who could th- they could throw in there. Valanchunas' name has been mentioned to offset salaries. But I don't think that's as good of offer as they're going to get from other teams. Yeah. Boston could offer them in the offseason way better than that. Yeah. Picks and players that are way better than that. The Lakers could offer them, d- depending on what you think about the Lakers' young guys, which is up for debate, they could offer them a lot more players for now and draft picks. Uh, basically, everybody could offer more, in my opinion, than the Raptors could offer right now. The Knicks, uh, Porzingis, number one picks. Um, the, the, the Knicks are also supposed to be in on Kevin Durant in the in the in the, the off thing season. With the Knicks, though, they could get the first overall pick, right? And you trade that, like, because by the way, trading those picks, they're not going to be lottery protected. Like for Anthony Davis, not like, for Anthony Davis. It's going to no. be like you're giving us your pick wherever it lands. That's that's what we get. Yeah. Could with the Knicks, do you trade away the Zion Williamson? No, they don't. <laughs> right? that, that would be right? bad. Because like, yeah. they could get the first overall pick, and it's like okay. And you t- yeah. like Przingis is interesting just because he's been hurt. He's been hurt, and and he's still recovering. And it's like, is he ever going to be the same as what he was? So if you get out from under him and get Anthony Davis, and then maybe that convinces. Um, Durant to go there to go there, but there's also a chance Przingis could turn into uh, Andrea Bargnani. Yep, they're not different. They're not that different a player, right? That is true. That is true. But the, but then you look at some other offers like the Clippers. I mean, their offer. I, I don't know. Probably don't know as much about uh, Gilgarius Alexander, the point guard there. He's supposed to be a great up and coming point guard. I haven't watched from them Canada. Long. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Harrell, Montrezl Harrell, Tobias Harris, who's a a good player, but he's not going to sign. He, he's going to free agency in the off season, so it'll be interesting. The Nets have a bunch of room, so they came up on this piece I read, but uh, they're not going to be trading away their picks after their uh, their debacle with. Uh, the Celtics. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the gift that keeps on giving that yeah. one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, the interest, the thing with the Lakers trying to get them is that why not just hold on to your young guys and then try to sign a free agent this year, like a Clay Thompson. Right. And then just sign Anthony Davis next year. 
That could work. Like, like, I think the the fly in the ointment for that is is does LeBron want to get get this going now? Does LeBron want to wait the two years to get Anthony Davis and Clay Thompson? Right. You know, because then LeBron will be thirty five. Yeah. You know, uh, but he's he's a physical marvel. But I think what they LeBron could seed a lot of stuff to those two guys, right? Because yeah. Clay's in his twenties, Anthony Davis will be in his twenties. Right. They could lead the team, and LeBron can can be more of a uh, the savvy vet role, and then when it comes to to clutch time, he can come closing games. Like he doesn't need to average twenty points a game. Like, right. Yeah. He's all about titles. Right. Now. I think right now they're really trying to play up uh, Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball. If I was the Lakers, I would be trying to prop those guys up and make them look good because I would love to get rid of them for Dude, for Davis. Of course. Uh, did you hear though that Lonzo doesn't want to go to the Pelicans if he gets traded? Who gives wants, a shit? He wants to go to a third team that needs a point guard. That's a that's such that's a, what his camp says. That's such a piece of shit move for him to come out and say that because he's he's shoving it in the Lakers' face right now. He's saying, you know what, my camp's going to come out and say this to devalue me in a trade because yeah. now why would the Pelicans want to trade for me after I've said this? Yeah. So you're an asshole teammate, and I'm not surprised at that from Lonzo Ball and his camp. Yeah, his exactly. dad is all about that stupid shit. Yeah, yeah, true enough, but. It's interesting. I kind of hope they that the deal happens right away, just because I I'm always excited for big news. Like you know, what something I mean? something that the Raptors don't want is him to go to Boston, which can only happen in the offseason, which we yeah. said. That so, was- so they have to wait until Kyrie's a free agent, because we can explain the Rose Rule here. Mike's got a computer printout, so here we go. Yeah. So this is because of Derrick Rose. So following Derrick Rose's MVP season in 2010-2011, the NBA went into a lockout to renegotiate the CBA. In the new CBA, the Derrick Rose rule was put into place so teams could more appropriately compensate young players who come out of the gates and prove to be elite talents. So basically, they changed the amount you could offer a, a young player like that from 25% of your salary to 30% of your salary. Salary cap. Salary cap, exactly. Yeah, yeah so that, that's all it was. But now you can't have two players who have signed this extension on your team at one time. Or you can't... Or, or either you can't trade for them. I, it's possible that it's just you can't trade for a guy who's yeah, been on that. that's what it is. Yeah, because yeah. if, if you draft them and they get right. to that point, that's so, so they already have Kyrie Irving, so they can't currently trade for Anthony and Davis because they're on the same type of contract. So they got to wait, and then Kyrie's a free agent as July 1st, and then they can trade for him so, and then try to re-sign Kyrie. Exactly. But now, now here's, here's the fucking uh, conspiracy theory pie-in-the-sky thing. Kyrie Irving is friends with Anthony Davis. Like, they're, like, best buds. Oh, are they? And Kyrie Irving reached out to LeBron James. He want, he said he wants to play in L.A. Well, he, with he, LeBron again. He went. He reached out to LeBron and said, I'm sorry, I didn't realize. He's growing up. He's, he's, he's maturing up. as a man. What, what happens if Kyrie goes to fucking L.A. with Anthony Davis with LeBron? <laughs> Mind-blowing. As we're having, oh. as we're talking about this, I'm like, what is going to happen in the NBA in five years? What? Like, I wish I could go ahead five years in the NBA. Is it going to be well, like LeBron as the coach with with Bronny? Yeah, yeah, with right? his son, with his son, with Zion Williamson. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, like, is that what's going to happen? That's right. Oh and, my and god, Bron is just going to be uh, manipulating everything. He's just going to be a little puppet guy up on top pulling the strings. Oh my god, it's just it's absolutely ridiculous. The the all the rumor and innuendo that's coming out right now is just like it makes your head spin. Um, any like wherever Anthony Davis goes, he's gonna be a fucking difference maker. Um, yeah, 
if if the, Toronto should offer a lot to try to get him, but there's no chance. They don't have enough, in my opinion. What about like the Nuggets if they offered Jamal Murray and something? Well, the Nuggets are a good team right now, so if they if, if they could add him, they'd be a contender in the West. They'd be they get him and Jokic, and then they'd have Isaiah Thomas coming back, who could take over for what Jamal Murray was doing. Jamal Murray and Isaiah and, Thomas, though. Yeah, he he was uh, signed as a veteran's exception in the offseason. Yeah, but like he's he back. any good though? He wasn't very good last stint in the NBA. He was, he was hurt though. Yeah. Like his last like true stint in the NBA, that was that run with the Celtics where he was a fucking beast. He was a beast at that point, but then he had like some bad shit happen. He got traded to Cleveland, right? And yeah, well, his, his, hip, his hip was fucked his up. His hip was fucked up. His sister passed away. He had a real rough time. I don't know. I, I don't expect much out of him right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, who else did I hear? Uh, what about what about if they did like kind of like the Raptors did, a star for a star, where uh, maybe. He goes to Washington Wizards for Bradley Beal and, and pieces, obviously. Or or Portland Trailblazers for CJ McCollum. And then you team him up with Dame. Like, there's all kinds of shit that's being talked about yeah, right now. Yeah. And you team him up with D- Damian Miller and then uh, uh, Nurchich, who's a, a big European center there, who's a really good player as well, too. But there's lots of options. Portland's not a big market, and I don't know how much this this this... I, I this know, doesn't seem like a Portland move. You know what the thing is too is as all this talk about markets, I don't know how much it actually matters. You know, if you're getting paid, you're getting paid. If you enjoy your teammates and maybe the coach or whatever, and you're getting paid big dough and and you're you're a consistent winner like like Paul George with OKC, why wouldn't you stay? Yeah, and I I, I hope we start to see a shift in that because I feel like more and more guys are talking about. I mean, I understand why players want to go home, but it seems like there's a lot of players from California and they're trying to get to California here in the next few years. So I hope there's more guys out there like remember, Paul George who want to stick around. I remember, DeMar DeRozan wanted to stay in Toronto, so I hate that you had to get a, get rid of a guy like that, but I understand why for sure when you get quiet. Before he wanted to stay in Toronto, there was, there was talk that he wanted to go home. He wants to go to the Lakers too. There, yeah. was, there was that rumor too, it's, but who knows? You know, who uh, knows? They're talking like Kevin Durant wants to go home to Washington and, and, and play for the Wizards. Who the fuck wants to play for the Wizards? Kevin Durant said he wanted to play for the Raptors because that was his team growing up, and he wanted Vince Carter there. And then Drake, Drake got a tampering fine for mentioning it at one of his concerts. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, just, J- J- Drake grabbed fifty grand from his left pocket and just threw yeah, it at him. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, said, I'm sorry. You. I'm sorry. Would you like this in, in yeah. hundreds or fifties? What would you like here?" <laughs> so craziness with the AD trade request. Um, the NBA is great. It's, oh, it's man. so interesting, man. It it. Constantly shit going on. Constantly. Uh, and also MLB. What the fuck, Harper and Machado? Sign a fucking deal already. Yeah, you guys going to hold out until the until the season? Yeah, shit. Crazy. Uh, my feeling is they're not as valuable as their agents think they are. That would be true. Well, the teams are just like, no, we're not, we're not paying that though. Same thing, yeah. We're not paying that though. All right, so that's been our episode this week. Uh, next week we'll drop another one. Thank you for listening and hit us up on Twitter at Sporty Rants. Have a great week.